Welcome to Fear at the Top, powered by the Industry Observer, where we speak to leaders of music business to learn about their successes, mistakes, and how they operate at the top of their class. Welcome to Fear at the Top for the Industry Observer. This is Luke Gerges. We have uh, Jadon Comerford, founder and CEO of Unified, in the room with us. Jadon, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. How you doing today? I am very well. We're at South by Southwest at, um, you know, with a lovely view of the JW Marriott. Um, so, Jadon, let's get st- stuck into it. Can you take us back to when you were 17 getting in the music business? Just just tell us what your first move was. Sure. Um, I, from a young age, I was really obsessed with, uh, with punk rock um, and the sort of the community and uh, the music and the, the business that surrounded it, uh, particularly the record labels. Uh, such as Epitaph and Fat Records. So when I finished high school, um, the first thing I did was start a record label called Boomtown Records. Um, and that's that's how it started. Cool. And you then went on to study um, a Bachelor of Music Business. What, was that the same age? Yeah, so I went literally into university with a record label under my belt, um, studying yeah the music industry course at Victoria University. Uh, and I, I used that as a, a time to to learn uh i guess to grow up as a human uh and to yeah learn how to run my business um so but like by the end i think i was getting credits for certain subjects because i didn't because uh, i was actually doing stuff so I would certain subjects i didn't have to do because i was running a label myself that's awesome and how much of that course was about um business and how much of it was about the music industry it was about 50 50 i think back then what we're talking uh, what, 12 years ago or so now. Uh, it was probably early days for those kinds of courses. Um, it, it, the, the, the most benefit I probably got was the the business side of things, marketing, accounting, legal. But there were some incredible guest lecturers, um, like Ian James from Mushroom Music Publishing. Like He was a guest lecturer uh, every semester. Um, so it was pretty cool to be able to meet someone in the music business uh, at that point in my career. Mm. And how do you differentiate um i guess being like in your mind is there a difference between being a good music industry operator or or employee or worker and actually being a good good at business in general is there is that a different is there a difference in your mind or is that pretty much you, you can't have one without the other uh it's a good good question i think that one thing that uh i hate that people do is they they make excuses for the music industry they go, uh, oh no, but we're not like any other business. Um, at the end of the day, every business is the same, or at least has similar principles. It's, uh, you know, income, expenses equals profit, uh, people, culture, strategy, vision, all these sorts of things are all there. But I will make the excuse for the music industry because there is something very special about it. And I'm sure there's other industries that are similar, whether it's film or sport or, you know, probably every industry has its thing. And there is something special about the music business and there is special something special about people that are willing to work the kinds of hours we do and, you know, come to things like South by Southwest and, you know, yeah, of course we're going to have a lot of fun this week, but it's early mornings and late nights and it's constantly talking and hustling and, you know, passionately explaining to people why you work with a certain artist or why you want to work with a certain artist or why you don't work with a certain artist anymore. Um, There's a ton of passion that goes into this. And I don't think, I think if you just wanted to work uh, nine to five, you know, the music industry probably isn't right. Even if you're working in administrative services, you know, our, our finance team, they're not just nine to five. They're people are invested and they're involved. And I think people get attracted to this industry because of some kind of passion for, for music and for art, I think. Mm. And do you have any, like, I guess, key 
entrepreneurs or business thinkers outside of the music industry who you read, you follow, you inspire you? Do you do much of that sort of outside of music business research and study? Yeah, I do a lot. I, I probably get my most inspiration though from my family um, in a business sense. Uh, my Both my grandparents and my parents have all been entrepreneurs in some capacity um, and their main reason for running businesses was to uh, basically, particularly my parents, um, they made certain business moves within their careers so we could go to to the schools they wanted us to go to. So from an early age, I saw um, my parents sort of make sacrifices and make decisions to benefit the family. Um, so that's something that I find really inspirational because it's all well and good to make money and all that sort of stuff, but why are you doing that? And for my parents, it was about the family. And for me, um, I'm married. We don't have any kids yet, but um, you know, I plan to live a similar life. Um, but yeah, there's tons of people out there that inspire me as well in, in the wider world, but that's where I get a lot of direct inspiration. Mm. And you mentioned that you're married, um, Rachel, who's your, who's very heavily involved in the business. Yeah. Um, do you think uh, if she wasn't as involved, I mean, doing the work that you do would be a bit more challenging? Like how, how does that work with the dynamic of your, um, your marriage and also your professional relationship? Yeah. You're asking some great questions. Um, yeah, we we have a very unique uh, situation. Um, the the person I was explaining before that works in the music industry, um, uh, yeah, our marriage involves two people that are like that. Um, there's not just someone sitting at home waiting for someone to come home. Um, we're both, uh, we're missing each other's birthdays and we're missing... Uh, on Valentine's Day, I was in Boston with Tash Sultana, um, you know, and Rachel was in LA. Um, but we don't hold things like that against each other because we know why we're doing what we're doing. Um, so yeah, our relationship is very unique. Uh, we spend a lot of time at the dinner table talking business and uh, arguing about certain things. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're very, very intense couple. But yeah, I, I think that... We, we inject a lot of passion and energy into the business through our relationship. But I also think we inject a lot of uh, the sort of family values and uh, the the people uh, importance. We inject that into the business because people can look up to the top and see these two people that are fully invested in the business, uh, fully invested in one another. Uh, and together we're building uh, what I believe is quite a unique business. And um, they do say it's... I guess this is the whole sentiment of uh, this podcast is that it is quite lonely at the top and, you know, a lot of the times um, you end up being, you end up strategizing by yourself even though you have a lot of you people people in your team who are brilliant and whatever, but um, ultimately it's your sort of wallet and name on the line. Um, so it can feel a bit lonely. Do you find that your relationship, your professional relationship with your wife actually um, alleviates a bit of that? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's that's amazing. You actually just helped me. That was like a realization, actually, right there, because when we first met, Rach and I, it was like what seven or so years ago. She was working at a different management company, um, and there was that kind of like, we're never going to work together, as if like that's the silliest idea. Why would you do that? We'll, we'll kill each other. You know what I mean? Um, I came home from work one day, uh, what like a little over four years ago now. And I played a Riptide by Vance Joy. And I was just like, check this out. This is like really, really an incredible song. You know, and I think we could we could work with this guy if we want to. Um, and she was working at a company. I was working obviously at Unified. 
and we sort of made this decision to do it together because it was this one of those moments where like if I did this on my own it would be a bit of a moment of leaving her at home Mm. Um, or conversely she might have done it herself and it would have kind of been leaving me at home so we're like well let's just do it together Mm. that inspired the move to New York and and, 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 uh, now into LA Um, but through that time you know she she started as Vance Joy's manager um, or co-manager I guess Um, but she's sort of become more and more invested in in the business she like didn't want to be seen as like someone that's just been like uh bought into the business um you know this is something that i started like going back to you know when i was 17 and um you know i've had people like luke logerman and um uh and you know nick yates working at the company before i even knew rachel you know so she didn't want it to be seen like oh, i've just been given this uh, mm. priority because of our relationship but over time she's become more invested i've encouraged her to become more invested and so have other key people in the business and she's freaking amazing like she's just like you know like most incredible women she's very organized she's very passionate she's very driven she's an incredible manager but she's also an incredible manager of people and um systems and processes and all that sort of stuff i'm i'm thinking like you know five years down the track um i'm struggling to plan what i'm doing uh, you know after lunch today yeah. <laughs> whereas Rach has somehow got the ability to do both of those things um, and now we are spending a lot of time together on the business planning um, so yeah she definitely makes it less lonely at the top that's awesome yeah um, you mentioned Luke and you mentioned Nick and then you also mentioned um, business systems um, I think from the outside looking in you seem to be one of the few um, people even the most successful managers in the world haven't seemed to be able to make a management business scalable. Um, and it seems like that's what you're doing. Um, and it seems like it's, it's working successfully as a scalable model. Um, what, tell us how, you, how you're doing it. And is that a fair assessment? Yeah, for sure. Um, I started a record label. Um, and the reason why we started managing the bands was basically because they asked us to. Um, and we were filling demand. Uh, and then... We always say that Nick joining the company seven years ago was a real turning, turning point because he bought with his he bought to the company not just Break Even, who were an incredible hardcore band from Perth, because that was the main kind of music we were working with at the time. He also bought Illy, mm-hmm. um, and we were all like, "Oh, we're going to manage a rapper, <laughs> you know? Like we do hardcore bands, you know? Like, and you know, obviously, we all know who Illy is now." Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a big turning point for the company. Um, but as far as building a management company, uh, yeah, like we we had a couple of different managers throughout time that we sort of uh, uh, we bought into the business uh, for different reasons and in, on different kind of deals. Um, but what I learned, uh, what I think has been the key to our success has been um, actually building a culture of, around the business. So rather than like, oh, so-and-so is having a big moment with this artist, let's go and try and buy them up or pay them a great deal to bring them on board it was more like no let's yeah let's start with nick yates and like another great example is we have a young manager uh in uh in melbourne called eddie deal um eddie's about 21 he manages trophy eyes columbus he's working in the heavy music team with caleb williams and 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 luke you know working across amity affliction and north lane in hearts wake like to me eddie deal is way more exciting than um some manager that's you know managed to have a big success overnight because mm. i want to build eddie's career over the next 20 years so together we can 
be working with you know the biggest acts in the world so it might take longer to do but um i think that what we're doing is building a much more robust business um and allowing us to essentially have success together as a company rather than just as individual managers who have joined a business just because uh the deal made sense yeah and how do you have systems in place then to retain that talent in terms of hr talent um how i mean what if you're going to spend all that time investing and nurturing young young managers um how are you able to protect that equity when they become rock stars um i think it comes down to its culture its relationships you know i don't want to tie people up like I'm not signing out uh, managers to five album deals. Um, it's a good idea, actually. Um, <laughs> um, no, it's like, yeah, look, if Yates wanted to leave tomorrow, he probably could, you know. Um, but, you know, I, he's one of my best friends and we talk uh, all the time and we're constantly texting and we're constantly scheming to do things together. And, yeah, like, I, I just, I don't, that, that fe- it doesn't, I don't, fear that in any way you know i know that maybe my business might be on paper worth more if we had all these stuff signed to long-term contracts um but you know anyone can get out of a contract you Mm. know if they want to so um yeah i I very it's 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 people it's culture um we talk about the key to success at unified is finding the equilibrium between the the three-way relationship which is the, the the staff the artist and the consumer if all those things are in balance, then we have the perfect uh, festival, the perfect tour, or the perfect, you know, record release. Um, you know, the 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 staff are they are rock stars in my opinion. Um, they're just as important as the artists because they're the ones that are they're they're on the front line. They're you know, there's unified people all over Austin right now taking meetings and developing our business. Um, so yeah, huge amount of respect goes in, into into managing those people. That's awesome. And do you have the same um, philosophy, I guess, when you're negotiating contracts with, say, a manager might be signing an artist? Um, are you protective of excluding key man clauses and things like that? Or are you okay with that? Or how, how do you sort of see that in terms of, again, protecting the equity in the business? Uh, the, it's case by case, really. Um, there's, yeah... Often it often occurs around my name, um, and I'm not going anywhere. So I'll I'll, I'll commit myself to anything really. Um, so yeah, it's it's not really a huge issue, no. Cool. And um, you still you mean you mentioned you personally manage Vance Joy, also Amity Affliction. Um, are you managing these bands because you still have like personally managing these bands because you have a absolute passion for management, or do you still see a lot of commercial value in? managing the artist directly as opposed to just focusing on the business and scaling and and new partnerships yeah uh both uh you know i got into this business because i love working with artists i love building things i love developing i I love the fact that um yeah four years ago we were here with vance and he was playing to you know six people at you know the irish pub on sixth street and now he's you know he'd probably come here and play the arena uh, in Austin, you know, so um, that's very, very rewarding. Um, commercially, it's also uh, great for the business. But you know, to be honest with you, like 
one of my goals at the moment, uh, probably within the next three years, is to actually um, fire myself, as they as they say, um, and actually hire a CEO to run Unified, um, because there's someone out there that can probably do this better than I can. Um, that doesn't mean that I go anywhere. It means that I probably actually go even deeper into what I what my skills are and what, what I what I love, which is artist development. And not just artist development, it's business development too. Like whether it's developing our festivals or our touring business, you know, I love all that kind of stuff. But day-to-day um, leadership of the company, I think could be done better by someone that's uh, actually, well, to start with, like I'm on the other side of the world from our head office. Um, so to have someone based in Melbourne or Sydney in the next three years is, is a goal of ours. So you're you're almost doing the opposite to what um, most business leaders do in terms of you want to get more into the detail and less out of operating the business um, rather than leaders extracting themselves from the detail and focusing just on the business. You know, yep. it seems to be the opposite. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, totally. Because people always say things like, I don't know, you work smarter, not harder, and um, you know, uh, don't yeah get out of the details and delegate and all this sort of stuff it's like i know all that stuff i've, I've read all those books i've listened to all those podcasts and I, and I live that but um you know there's just because you're just because you started the company doesn't need mean you need to run it um you know like for example i talk about luke um we refer to luke as the, uh, my left hand man um the reason why because the left side of the brain is the creative side um so my right hand man is matt rogers um who's our um, general manager and he's the one that you know he he runs the business on a day-to-day basis as far as um, dealing with everything from you know insurances to uh, someone calling in sick or what, what, whatever it is but uh, and also on a very high level uh, working with me um, but yeah I think that uh, you you should play to your strengths and just because I started the business doesn't mean I need to run it I heard some story I should probably fact check it but like there's someone that some person that owns like some massive bus company somewhere in America and they drive one of the buses because they like driving the bus wow you know it's like (laughs) and I might have just made that story up but it's kind of a a similar analogy I like working with artists Um, I know somebody who's a millionaire with a limo company and he still drives a limo there you go yeah there's no there shouldn't be rules for this is how you have to do it Mm. um that's just silly. Mm. That, um, so you mentioned Matt Rogers. Um, he that that would have been a job that you fired yourself from as well, right? Yeah, I oh yeah, you would have done that. Um, yeah, yeah I, I I can't handle that kind of stuff. <laughs> the internet's down. It's like uh, it's tether. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you hired that role, like forget the um, actual hiring of Matt, but that position, you know, okay, we need somebody to fill that position. You spent a lot of time in setting up the system and the duties and. Um, and everything before you hired that person or did you hire Matt and then work out what that role was afterwards? Uh, it was a bit of both. I think that the hardest part for a growing business is when you have to start hiring people that don't ger- directly generate revenue for you. Um, because like, um, whether it's me or Rach or Yates or Luke, like what we put in, we directly get back. Whereas Matt or like the finance team or HR or, you know, um, like everyone else's work needs to pay for them you know mm-hmm. and obviously often when you're finding people as talented as matt or um jeremy our finance person like they're not you know they're 
uh, well-paid people, you know. So, um, but yeah, we, we, we kind of made it up a lot along the way. Uh, Matt's been with us for just over six years. Um, so, yeah, we've, you know, we've just kind of, yeah, we really just have kind of made it up, I guess. Yep. <laughs> and um, and how much have you, have, does that mean then you haven't worked at building, I guess, redundancy in it, all of the roles? So if, say, Nick or Luke get hit by a bus, um, can anyone just step up into that role or would, do you feel like that would be a bit of a challenge? Um, I, I hope that doesn't happen, uh, obviously. <laughs> Same, I'm not, on a personal I'm not trying level. To, yeah. um, I might be speaking, sounding quite casual. Uh, it's, it is quite the opposite at Unified. Like we have some very, very robust systems and, and uh, plans and strategies and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's always going to be hard to replace uh, a superstar. Um, but yeah, I guess it, in theory, everyone's replaceable, including me. Um, so getting more to the idea of uh, you being head of such a fast-growing big company, can you tell us what your biggest stress is about running Unified? What, what's the one thing that stresses you out the most? Um, Rachel always says to me, um, one of my biggest problems is I, I'm always six months ahead of everybody else. Um, and what she means by that is that the problem is not that I think like that, that's a good thing. Um, the problem is that I get frustrated because I want everything to happen now. Because like, oh, cool, we just like went number one in however many countries. It's like, what's next? Um, that's how I think. Um, so yeah, I need to I need to build a time machine so I can no longer be frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> I have the uh, I, I was told I had the same problem. We have a web developer who is a, a rock star and he's rebuilding all the sites and something that takes it should be taking him like a year to to do and he's done it in a month. But I'll give him a job that takes like three months to do and then the next day I'll go, oh, how, how's it going? You know, yeah. like it's just like the totally. impatience is too, is, too, is too strong. Yeah, well, we're only here, well, you know, in this physical form on this planet, we're only here once, you know. Mm. Um, so you want to get as much done as possible. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I turned 33 last week and I'm just like, oh, shit, that's like, it's like a third done, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the first, the first few years you would have been in that, like still potty training, so you give yourself some slack there. Yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> uh, we're all we're all potty training in some way. <laughs> true. So, what is your, um, I guess, as a business owner um, and head of a company, um, what is the biggest mistake you've made? Um, I, I like we are all making mistakes all the time, you know. Uh, it's not possible to be doing everything 100% perfect but I think that um, I'll just I'll turn that more into like what I think is a big learning um, from all my time being a business owner I I think that uh, backing yourself as an entrepreneur is really uh, just super crucial um, you know if you're going to choose to take this path like you've got to back yourself because otherwise well no one else is going to um so, you know, I really sort of, I focus on, uh, you know, it's calculated risks, but it's, you know, essentially taking risk every day we open the doors at Unified, we're taking a risk, you know, it'd be much easier for me to go work at Universal or Live Nation or something like that, but I don't do that. And, and, and the, you know, the 40 odd staff that work at Unified don't do that either um, because, you know, I've backed myself and our team have backed me and we've backed each other and we've backed the the culture and the vision of what unified is so that's my that's the biggest thing that i've learned which you know i've probably learned from from some mistakes over along the way 
And can I ask you the same question about being um, specifically an artist manager? Like, what's the biggest mistake you've made as a manager for an artist? Um, I think the the most important thing to do as a manager uh, is to play the long game. Um, I was sitting with some agent friends of mine yesterday who are here in Austin um, from Paradigm, and they were they were saying that to me. They said one of the best things about working with you Jaden is you play the long game so it's not about taking that money now um, it's not actually ever about the money it's about building the career and the money will come um, and it will be much more rewarding when it does come so um, yeah in a similar way that sort of tips into like a, a bit of a, a motivator um, probably learned early on from some mistakes of you know not playing the long game and sort of maybe getting a little bit uh, impatient and, and doing deals that might have been more short-term thinking and, and not thinking about the long-term. Mm. Um, do you have a key moment in your career um, as a business owner where you would say you hit a tipping point where you're like, okay, this is the thing that allowed everything else to follow? Yeah. Um, there was a moment for sure Um in I should know dates you know people always are like oh I mean like 1995 I was at this concert and I was like I, yeah <laughs> but um, I was born in 1984 that's all I know um, but when we uh, when, when Unified uh, left the staple group uh, in I think it was 2013 2011 I don't know um, we were uh, free to essentially exercise our own vision as a music company um, and we um, very quickly had uh, quite a number of successes happen. Um, Vance Joy became, you know, who he is. Um, Violent Soho, um, you know, re-arrived as, you know, Australia's biggest rock band. Um, you know, Amity Affliction uh, continued to be the biggest metalcore band in Australia and, and, and all these sorts of things happened. But there was one moment in particular which, uh, you know, it, there's an obvious one, which is Vance Joy releasing Riptide and becoming one of the biggest songs in the world. That was obviously a huge moment for us as a company. But the other one which was huge, and it comes back to something we were talking about earlier, was um, when Violent Soho's album Hungry Ghost went gold. Um, and although I was part of signing that band with Yates, Besides going to a bunch of shows and, um, you know, catching up with the guys from time to time, like I had very little to do with their success. And so to know that we'd actually successfully executed our vision uh, in a sense that we'd allowed a massive success to occur without my input, Mm -hmm. that was huge. And like, I feel like a lot of other people in business would be like, oh yeah, like, you know, they sort of turn up when the success happens. Oh yeah, like I've been there from the start. All this stuff. It's like, that's all Yates. Yeah. You know, right. like that's all Yates. And that's not to me, that's not me saying like when, when, when Luke Boredom calls me, I don't like cancel his call. Like I, 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 I hope he calls me today. I, I love the guy. I want to talk to him. But like that's Yates, you know, like, mm. so that was to me like, all right, we've, we're doing this. That's awesome. Um, you just did a deal with you uh, with Live Nation. Um, can you tell us a bit about that deal? Um, and I guess what Unified has coming up in the next two years. Like, what can we get excited about? Uh, the Live Nation thing is pretty simple. Uh, it was, uh, you know, 
December 16, 2015, I think it was, the Amity Affliction were playing Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne. Um, it was a Live Nation promoted tour. as our first tour together. Um, and AJ finally tweeted that Soundwave Festival wasn't going to happen together again. Um, and that was like a big moment for the scene because we were like, well, what, what the hell are we all going to do? We were early with Unify. That was like about to go into a second year. But from a touring point of view, We'd, um, we obviously identified there was a huge gap in the market. So through conversations literally that night with Live Nation, we sort of set out to start a touring venture, which it's very simple. Like, you know, a lot of people assume that we like sold part of our company or something like that. That didn't happen. It's purely a joint venture on touring only. Um, they fund all the tours. Um, we share in the losses and the profits. Um, and yeah, we, we, we've toured Bring Me the Horizon and Slipknot and Pierce the Veil and A Day to Remember and we've got New Fan Glory coming up and Architects and a bunch of other great um, great uh, tours so that's that's really there um, the main the main relationship with Live Nation Awesome Jaden it was great to have you I want to end with one last question you, you don't do many press interviews can you just explain why that is? Yeah for sure um, well look I, I think firstly there probably isn't that many opportunities for interviews with uh, with people like me but I also just um, I don't think that it's uh, often that relevant for someone like me to be speaking in a public forum I think that obviously we're in the business of promoting talent and I think that the platform should be given to the talent you know 99.9% of the time um, that said um, you know I, I did the, that key, key, uh, keynote at Big Sound last year which was like a huge moment for me and something that I, I felt like I'd ran a marathon because it was like a, a really serious thing and what I took from that um, you know and in turn you know launching our grant from that was a really special moment but I realized that we have um, there's a lot of people out there um, that need don't need help but um, you know I, I could have uh, could have done with a lot of help early on myself so you know if I can uh, inspire some young people to do something similar to what I've done or support a few young people to do what I've done you know that would be very rewarding for me so that's why I guess I'm happy to talk in this kind of forum because you know hopefully yeah hopefully I can inspire some people awesome thank you very much Jaden it's been fun thank you Mm -hmm.